everything begins with choice. No, wrong. Choice is an illusion created between those with power and those without. What up, my fellow NBA lovers? This is your guy, Marcellus Ease. You know, with this crazy week in the NBA, sometimes you got to take a step back and try to look at things from a three-dimensional perspective. There's a lot going on in the league right now, and sometimes an anomaly actually happens. I'm looking at Kyrie Irving, and he strikes me as a guy who's willing to just cut it all off, which is pretty rare. The last time we've seen this truly was with Muhammad Ali. I can't say too much with Colin Kaepernick because he did have the financial support of many institutions and the backing of Nike. But Kyrie Irving strikes me as a guy who's willing to risk it all for something more than just this game of basketball. The pandemic starting in 2020 has caused a lot of people to reflect to think back on what's important in their life. Some of the NBA players have lost loved ones as we've seen with Carl Anthony Towns. And I don't think with Kyrie is a social justice thing. I think it's pretty much more than that, but they are checks and balances throughout the league, just like in the movie, The Matrix, to make sure everything is functioning and running. But if you already know, how can I make a choice? Because you didn't come here to make the choice. You've already made it. You're here to try to understand why you made it. Now, for those of you who've seen the movie The Matrix, I will be relating to a lot of what's going on to some of the characteristics from that story. Now, I'm not a conspiracy theorist or anything like that. I'm just a person who likes to sit back and take a look at certain nuances and how they played out and what were some of the dynamics and some of the sort of illusions that were used in order to propagate certain things and normalizing them into an everyday acceptance in our society. Now in the film, The Matrix, there was a lot of checks and balances in that world, no different than any other checks and balances in an institution, whether it be a company, a basketball team, a household with a typical family, example, mother and father, children, there's a pecking order. In The Matrix film, that world consisted of the same things. It had the architect, the oracle, Agent Smith, the key maker, the Frenchman. All these people played a role in keeping that world afloat. But most importantly, the oracle is the most fascinating character. And the archetype of this character plays out a lot every day in our society. And the archetype I'm referencing to is the motherly figure. Even though the oracle was a program, she had mastered human emotions. And she understand that she had to craft her image in a motherly figure so people could actually trust her words. And her job was to play off the emotions of the humans to give them the illusion of choice. She played off the emotions of Morpheus, of him having a fear of losing the war to the machines. She played off the emotion of Neo for love for Trinity. And the same thing for Trinity. She played off the emotions of her having hope of finding the one. Oracle never really tells you what to do, but at the end of the day, all the decisions you end up making were guided by her the whole time. Now, before I relate the Oracle to the NBA situation with Kyrie Irving, I am going to correlate it to a situation that happened in real life outside of the league. And that is with the 1986 interview with Nancy Reagan before they had launched a war on drugs. Now, for those of you watching on YouTube, if you notice in the interview, she was wearing a red dress so she could be seen. 
She looks like our grandmother, you know, a sort of motherly figure. And in her speech, she spoke about how the drug epidemic was affecting the children and that when babies are born crack addicted or cocaine addicted, she explained how the drugs enter into the little infant's body and what comes out is hope and love. And just like the Oracle, she's playing off the fears, the hope, the anxiety of the people so she could connect with them on an emotional level and for them to trust her words. This ended up being a very well-designed campaign because at the end of the day, if anything went wrong with the war on drugs, for example, the children getting their parents snatched away from them and put into the jail system, still crack addicted and families being split, at the end of the day, in the back of people's minds and their subconscious, they'll remember Nancy Reagan sounding just like their grandmother telling them just say no to drugs. It was very powerful because no matter how ugly that war got, people never forget the intention of the war. It's the same way when Neo and the Matrix realized what the Oracle really was. In the second Matrix movie, at first he was very scared to approach her because now he had the sight to read the code and he saw that her code read like a program that was part of the system. So he didn't really know how to interpret that. But even knowing that she could possibly be an adversary, her motherly image on a human level was so infectious that him even knowing that it was a possibility that she was the enemy, he still trusted her because he accepted the candy from her the same way he accepted the cookie when he first met her. And all this showed that he trusted her still. Because once again, the Oracle understood the human emotion, especially with the motherly figure. Now relating this back to the NBA, the league has their own version of the Oracle. It's not necessarily a womanly figure, but it's the star of the league that basically holds the emotional ties a lot of fans have with the league. They've grown up with the stars. Example, everyone grew up with Kobe Bryant. Those people from another era grew up with Michael Jordan, Magic Johnson, Kareem. And now in this era, people have an emotional tie with LeBron James, especially the fact that we see him growing up from the age of 16 till now. Remember, his high school games were on TV. So a lot of people started paying attention to LeBron James from that point till now. So there is a huge tie especially as other people probably were around that age or probably a little bit younger. They kind of grown up with LeBron. So the league, knowing that the fans have that type of emotional tie with their superstar, i.e. LeBron James, they're going to make sure that he's aligned with their goals as far as keeping the league going during the pandemic, no matter how hard it gets. And best believe this emotional tie is very strong. We've seen it come out during Kobe Bryant's death, how emotionally tied fans were and how devastated the world was because a lot of us had grown up along with Kobe watching his career. And just like the Oracle, LeBron James is the league's access to the fans' emotional tie to it. And keep in mind the Oracle in the Matrix, her only goal was to make sure that things kept on running the same. And during this pandemic, LeBron James is in unison with the league to make sure that it functions and the money machine stays well oiled no matter what. We're all here to do what we're all here to do. I'm interested in one thing, Neil, the future. And believe me, I know the only way to get there is to get there. Now, just like the Matrix, Adam Silver is the architect. He makes sure that the numbers are right. Everything functions according to a mathematical equation that comes out into profit. But Adam Silver, just like the architect in the real Matrix, 
he has to work in unison with the Oracle, aka LeBron James, which is the access to the fans' emotional connection to the game. And it's also access to the rest of the players' subconscious in a way. Because if they see LeBron James falling in line, subconsciously, they're like, wow, he's the face of the league. He's doing it. So I have to do it also. So the league can also keep other players in check through LeBron to make sure everything in that ecosystem is operating smoothly. And we've seen this exact scenario play out last season in the bubble when Patrick Beverly said, if Bron playing, we playing. Now Kyrie Irving, he's his own man, but he is gonna run into a few different programs within the NBA matrix that's going to stop him from getting where he wants to be. For example, last season when the bubble has started, and he represented a few players who had pushback within the players union. He had guys snitching on him in a group chat when he had mentioned to players that it was possible for them to start up their own league. Another pushback he faced is those in the NBA Boston media that are upset with Kyrie on the way his tenure in Boston turned out. They continue to badmouth him through the media, calling him a disruptor, saying that he's a problem, he's not a leader. But at the end of the day, during the playoffs in the bubble, the Bucks had walked out because a lot of players felt the same way Kyrie did, but they never apologized to Kyrie. These scenarios sort of remind me when Neo had bit into the cookie when he first met the Oracle, because little did he realize that that cookie was a program. And when he bit into it, it sort of changed his code into what the Oracle wanted him to do, AKA influence. Yeah. Take a cookie. I promise by the time you're done eating it, you'll feel right as rain. The Oracle played off of Neil's emotions due to the motherly archetype, the same way the media tried to play off of Kyrie's emotions of just shaming him to death within the media by bad-mouthing him and making him look stupid among his peers. It's almost like we're going to shame you until you conform and make the decisions that we want you to make. But best believe, at the end of the day, a lot of media members, their jobs are on the line. The league has to happen for them. Because if Kyrie or other NBA players don't play, it doesn't really affect them as much as it affects people, for example, at ESPN, with all the layoffs they've had, multiple journalists, which their newspaper companies or just media outlets that they were working for were already bleeding due to social media and the print media taking a hit and not adapting well to the new ecosystem. And a lot of the big media outlets are having trouble adapting to the fact that social media is their new competition. Not only it gets produced every second, every hour, it's created at a cheaper price point. It doesn't need these big budget studios. But going back to LeBron James, he is a bridge between the fans, the players, and the ambitions of the league. And when I say the ambitions of the league, I'm talking about Adam Silver and all the owners, the advertisers, ESPN, Turner Sports. It's LeBron James in a partnership along with those big wigs. And he's basically the middleman as far as communication and just emotional ties to the fans and players. The same way in the Matrix, the Oracle was that bridge between the architect and the humans that were asleep in the Matrix. In order to keep the humans and the Matrix from failing, 
she connected with them in, on an emotional level to make sure that the system kept running a certain way and that the humans emotionally could be satisfied. Even though their main purpose was just to be asleep, to be a power source for the machines, but the Oracle gave the humans an illusion of choice of how to live their lives. And on an emotional level, that brought some satisfaction to the humans. And we've seen a perfect example of this play out last season in the bubble when the Bucks had walked out in the first round of the playoffs. And we heard that LeBron James got into a spat and he walked away because LeBron James was that bridge. He was supposed to get the players on code to conform and march side by side with the league so they can complete the bubble and complete their goal of collecting the rest of the money and revenue that they would have lost. I was ready to walk away. I, I had called. I had called my wife and called my mom and told them that um, I was probably headed home. Um, Why? Because there was no plan. After we decided to do what we did and we boycotted the games, what's next? What the hell are we doing next? Oh, so we're gonna just go back? Okay, now game three, yeah. Lakers versus Portland. What the hell? What, what are we doing? We've decided to to take off these games for the right reason. Mm -hmm. Okay, but there's some other issues that needs to be dealt with as well. What is our plan? And at that moment when I walked out, we sat there and talked for two, three, four hours, and there was still no plan. So I walked out because I, I, my, my time is very valuable, and I knew what could what could help the change. Yeah. But when you're dealing with a, a group of a lot of uh, emotional, emotional, uh, you know, a lot of ego, a lot of guys that's passionate about themselves and, and what they believe in, then it's hard to figure out a plan at that very moment. Yeah. So it was best for me to step out. So I walked out, I was ready to walk away, but also I understand that it wasn't just squarely about me. Yeah. So I needed a moment to, to digest the whole situation, to actually sleep on the whole situation. And, um, and I was able to do that and, and wake up the next day and, and, and had a plan of what I thought could mm -hmm. work for us going forward. At that point in time, it was LeBron James's job to sway the players on making a decision that sort of aligned with what the league wanted, and that was to finish the bubble. Now, unlike the Oracle, LeBron James grew a little bit frustrated, but his job was no different than the Oracle's right then and there. Remember earlier how I said, the Oracle never really tells you what to do. She makes you make the decision yourself, but your decisions and your actions are really guided by her at the end of the day. So more than likely, in my opinion, once the first meeting didn't go well, LeBron James, of course, probably met with his representatives and PR people, especially at Nike, and they made a call higher up to get him some additional help. Because just like in the Matrix, there were other checks and balances to make sure that the system continued working. And it seems like when the players had met a second time around, there were major key figures that were good with words to help sway the players, not tell them what to do, to help sway the players in the direction that they wanted them to go, i.e. maybe Michael Jordan, but especially Barack Obama. The Milwaukee Bucks credit, Chris Paul, Michelle Roberts, the entire NBA, even the owners, everyone came together and was like, hey, like, how can we? And I, I believe Barack Obama was involved and like, hey, what should we ask for? If we're gonna stay here in the face of all of this, what should we ask for? You know, it was very interesting because we never found out who actually made the call to get Barack Obama to speak to the players. 
Was it one of the players themselves or was it someone higher up? Obama just popping up on an NBA situation like that. That's not some regular shit. I'm pretty sure he has other things to do besides convincing guys to get back to playing a basketball game. It was someone higher up that had a lot of money on the line that made that call. And once again, just like in the Matrix, the Frenchman, who was another character that provided checks and balances within that system, was always trying to explain to Neo and Morpheus that choice was always an illusion. Everything begins with choice. No, wrong. Choice is an illusion created between those with power and those without. So as we see how it played out in the boycott, after being caught off guard by the players walking away, when they came back around a second time, definitely phone calls were made to get people that seemed like they were on the side of the players, but their real job was to kind of sway the players the same way the Oracle does. Basically figures that had some sort of emotional connection with the players. Cause I'm pretty sure Barack Obama for a lot of the players and for a lot of people overall is an inspiration of hope. So they played off of that to sort of sway the guys into making a decision that they wanted them to make a whole time. Maybe the league compromised in a few things that the guys wanted, but at the end of the day, the main thing was for the guys to get right back on the court so the league could collect the rest of that revenue that they were about to lose out on. Thus, ensuring that they could be stable going into the future. We're all here to do what we're all here to do. I'm interested in one thing, Neil, the future. And believe me, I know the only way to get there is to get But Kyrie, he's a man that's on his own island. And the league right now, they're much more afraid of him walking away from that money and the precedent it may set afterwards. Because right now, the league can't even guarantee players safety. They're pulling guys in the middle of games off the court because they've tested positive. The protocols are still kind of in gray areas in certain situations. And now they're going to start telling the players how to be with their loved ones. It's starting to get real murky. But at the same time, the league is trying to portray this image that they have love for the game. And it's not really about collecting the dollar, which it all is. There's no other explanation right now. It's getting worse and worse and worse by the day with the players being out who could play they got d league level guys playing 40 minutes a night the standings are starting to take a hit just the competitiveness overall is starting to change so why keep going forward is because they're trying to fulfill their tv contracts it is what it is there's nothing wrong with that but best believe because Kyrie irving is unpredictable there are checks and balances within the league to sort of sway his choice the same way like in the Matrix. They're going to use the fans going against him, the media bad-mouthing him. They're hoping on a psychological level as far as him not earning those paychecks, that the money's going to have a stronghold over him. See, all these things, they're hoping that it's going to influence his decision for him to act right and get in line. But once again, Kyrie's his own man. Guys like that are very rare. And when you're starting to tell guys how to live and be among their friends and family, I would not be surprised if guys like Kyrie, especially after reflecting during this pandemic of what's really important, if he just ends up walking away. It is what it is. At the end of the day, you can't sway certain people on how to live if they're willing to walk away from it all. Just have to make up your own damn mind to either accept what I'm going to tell you or reject it. Until next time, you guys stay safe. Peace.